Hello, hello. Uh, I'm Sean Bush. Welcome to the Bush League podcast, part of the Ball Things Considered Network. Um, check out our website at ballthings.com. We got uh, a whole bunch of different podcasts and articles covering primarily the NBA and a little college basketball as well. Um, today, I am joined by my good close friend, Max Antonell. Um, he is from Milwaukee, and he is a Bucks fan. We're thinking we're going to talk a little bit of Bucks. Uh, how how you doing, Max? I'm good, Sean. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's good to to catch up, man. Yeah, appreciate you uh, deciding to come on. Um, yeah. I I knew I had to had to get a little a little Bucks conversation in because it's been such a you know kind of a roller coaster of a year, and they've got a lot of um, a lot of interesting decisions coming up to make. So uh, I thought you'd be the perfect person to have on. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, and and you definitely uh, you definitely hit it on the head there. It's um, it's been an up and down season. I mean, it's been a great uh, regular season once again, but um, that's <laughs> that's far from what Bucks fans were hoping to leave it at. And uh, yeah, like you said, definitely some interesting decisions that will uh, will be on the horizon. Um, and and yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. It's it's. Uh, been a been a disappointing last couple weeks obviously just with how the playoffs ended but um i'm always one who is pretty excited about the off season and, and i think the off season might be the most fun uh season within the nba if you will and uh and so i'm definitely excited to see what we do and what we try uh as we continue to push for a championship here definitely definitely um so before we start bringing up you know painful memories and stuff we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll focus on the regular season because uh, I don't. I do think it's important that people don't lose sight of how incredible they were in the regular season. Um, the Bucks uh, ended up finishing with. Um, let's see what their record was. Do, do you know off the top of your head? Um, I, I'm got, not sure. I think they're in the in the fifties. Yeah, they were like high fi- high fifties. I don't think yeah, they hit. I don't 60. think they quite hit the sixty mark. Yeah. Um, so. Best record in the league, um, in my opinion, uh, and I thought to me this was pretty clear. I don't think it's a controversial take. Giannis was somehow like clearly better than he was last season. Yeah, um, which is pretty incre- on on both ends, really. Which is which is pretty incredible to to think about and to consider. Um, I mean, just I'm, I've got his numbers pulled up right now. He averaged you know thirty. 13.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, a steal and a block in only 30.5 minutes a game, which right. is like, <laughs> I hope people... That's the most remarkable part about it, yeah. Go ahead. I think, I think the bubble and the, um, the, the bubble and the stoppage is going to distract from everything, but um, and obviously he didn't finish the season he, he, the way he wanted to, but I hope people don't lose sight of, I, I truly believe that this regular season was one of the most impressive regular seasons we've ever seen from a player. Uh, what do you think about that, Max? Yeah, I'm totally with you, Sean. And, and like you said, the number that sort of makes you say that is the the minutes per game. I mean, Giannis on a nightly basis was getting rested in the, the third, fourth quarter, a uh, considerable amount of the fourth quarter most of the time. And, and like I said, sometimes even in the third. But um, it's it's pretty crazy um, how how he performed and, and the output that he had 
um, with with the amount of minutes he played. Um, like you said, again, it was it was a step up defensively. He's got his first Defensive Player of the Year award now, um, and and I think everybody acknowledges that uh, that he was a lot better defensively, and and um, he he took a lot of strides on that side of the floor, but also offensively. We haven't seen uh, the jumper get consistent quite yet, and and who knows whether we will. Um, that's a whole different conversation, and, and there's a lot of different players within the league. And Ben Simmons, you can talk about that with too. But um, but yeah, offensively, he was once again dominant, and and uh, it's it's remarkable. Like you said, it's just crazy um, how far he's come. Even after winning an MVP award, he's uh, the guy who's the favorite right now to to win another. So it's uh, yeah, a heck of a year for Giannis. And and like you said, I think it's. It's something that you shouldn't forget about as a Bucks fan, especially given um, just go go five or ten years back and and uh, you look at how the team was performing, you know, back then. And so having a great regular season is not something uh, that that should be taken uh, for granted. And even though it's not gone quite the way we wanted, I mean, obviously a, a very different year and the bubble completely changed things for everybody in the playoffs but um especially the bucks and and the bucks kind of started out slow and everything but without delving too much into that yeah a a tremendous uh, regular season and and i definitely am trying to appreciate it as much as i can and and appreciate Giannis while he's still here and everything and uh yeah heck of a year for Giannis and the bucks uh yeah i think that's the the perfect mindset to take uh my advice to bucks fans would be from someone who had a a team whose team had an even more devastating meltdown than the Bucks at one point. <laughs> um, I'm of course talking about when the Mavs in in 07 got upset by the We Believe Warriors as the, as right. the one seed, <laughs> and I believe we won 67 games that year. No, uh, it couldn't have been that high. It was it was really high though. It was like the it was top 10 highest regular season record of all time at the time, and lost in six, um, and. Looking back, it's kind of a shame that I have – I mean, I was pretty young, but I, I have so few memories of that season besides <laughs> the series. It was Dirk's only MVP year, and I like I don't look back on it as this year Dirk went crazy. I look yeah. back at it as this, you know, really devastating um, heartbreak. Uh, but it's kind of a shame because it's, it's the, probably the best regular season Mavs team I've ever, I've ever watched. So – I really need to go back through and kind of watch some of the highlights of that team. Um, but we'll, we'll move past Giannis. I, I, I thought a, another player who had a, a really a really great regular season, um, not to be Captain Obvious, was uh, Chris Middleton. Um, and I, I think he kind of took – I don't even know if he took another step. I, I think he was better than he was the year prior. But I think it was more – he was finally getting noticed by people outside of Milwaukee because he, he, to me, he just felt like one of the more underrated players for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that, Sean. I think he's, he's been, you know, at or near this level, um, for a few years, but you know, second year being on the all-star team. Now there's a little bit of familiarity to his name and, and yeah, I think people recognize he's a bucket, you know, he's a, he's a guy who has been doing this for a little while now and he's certainly gotten better. Don't get me wrong. He's, he, he, uh, really earned his MV or I'm sorry, his, his all-star appearances these past two years. But once your name is, is on that roster for the second year in a row, um, you start to get that recognition. And I think that's kind of what you're, you're referencing. All right, let's uh, 
let's fast forward to the bubble now, um, even pre-playoffs. It, it seemed like from the start um, the Bucks were just a little bit off, um, even pre-playoffs. It, uh, it felt like in their – in their uh, what are we calling those seating games? In those seating yep. games, they seem just a little out of funk, um, and I think it was easy to write off as oh, this team's already got the one seed locked up. Um, they you know are are just kind of coasting a little bit and are going to turn on the playoffs. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But do you do you think there there's any reason that the layoff hurt them a lot, or do you think it was more just kind of like? Unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, and um, you know, teams get hot, teams get cold. Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I think it's mostly the latter, and and it's hard to really say why it went like that. I mean, it, we're a team who has such uh, terrific chemistry, and and it's a, a a bunch of role players essentially, and then Middleton and Giannis, and so we've played together so well these past couple of years, and and um, I think it's it, it's hard to hard to pinpoint um where the breakdown was or why that chemistry kind of evaporated or or what what happened in that regard um so that's why i would tend to say sort of just an unfortunate a series of unfortunate events um and and just a a demise that you can't really i don't know i don't know where you where you put the blame um they like you said as the regular season Kind of was winding down pre-COVID, um, not the not the seeding games, but they were they were cold then. So um, the season shut down at a bad time for for the Bucks, I think. And yeah. and uh, and then you know Eric Bledsoe gets COVID and comes back a little bit late into the bubble, and so we're not uh, we're not our collective unit right off the bat, and maybe that has some kind of an impact on it. But it's it's really hard for me to put my finger on it. I don't think anybody has has offered a great reason yet i think it's really just uh we're never going to know and it's just kind of a, a an unfortunate uh downfall that the bucks had right there yeah uh when when you're looking at the bucks or the the um heat series specifically yeah um what do you think uh went wrong and i know this is kind of similar to the last question maybe it's the same answer do do you think that there's something the Bucks are doing specifically that um, kind of threw you guys off? Do you guys think you were just off your game? Um, or do you think maybe the Bucks are just particularly a horrible matchup for you guys or just a combination of the three? <laughs> yeah, I, would say, I know it's a boring answer, but I would say a combination of the three. I mean, um, I'd say it was, a, it was a pretty bad matchup, and it's documented. I mean, in the regular season, Miami definitely had our number. I, I forget mm-hmm. what the season, the season series was at, but I, I want to say maybe the Bucks only took one or two games. Do, do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, I, I don't, but I think I remember hearing in a game that I think Miami was the only team or maybe even win, swept the Bucks. Yeah, 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 to win their season series with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was uh, documented that it was a bad matchup, and um, and we saw that again. And and I think we did a pretty bad job defending Miami shooters, especially late in the games. Um, we uh, I I'm not entirely sure what the breakdown was here again. Um, I think Bud uh, was coached kind of in a disappointing fashion. I think mm-hmm. he was, and we've seen this, you know, again with him. Um, he's, he's kind of been unwilling to make uh, adjustments throughout the playoffs ever since going, you know, going back to Atlanta. 
um, twice in Atlanta. He did it, and and yeah. they they kind of fell short back when they were seated highly. Uh, and and I think both series were against LeBron, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of been unwilling to make playoff adjustments. Um, we saw that a year ago against Toronto, Toronto. um, and it, it happened again. And so, um, that was a little bit, uh, disappointing to see. Obviously another thing about Bud and, and I'm, I'm totally, I'm usually one of Bud's biggest supporters, so I'm not, uh, calling for his job or anything like that. But I think, um, I mean, he was also unwilling to play Giannis and Chris more than, you know, 35 minutes a game. And so... I think that he he even said in an interview, you know, he's he's kind of pushing the limits with um, Gian, with Giannis and, and Chris's playing time, and then you you see what's happening in Toronto, and obviously they ended up losing to Boston, but um, Van Vliet, Serge, all, all their top three, four guys, um, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Kyle Lowry are all playing over 40 minutes a game. And so, yeah. again, they fell short. And so it's not – I'm not making um, the the best comparison, I guess, here. But I think you have to play your stars and you have to rely on those guys. And obviously we relied on Giannis um, up until the injury. But um, those are guys who are going to carry you in those in those moments and throughout the game. And so when they're only getting 35 minutes a game as opposed to 40-plus – um, I think that's a difference maker, and and we had some close games with Miami, and so um, again, that was that was another thing that I, that Bud did that I was a little bit disappointed about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, playoff rotations are extremely important, and I think it's sometimes something that um, some people overlook because it's easy to overlook, and it's not something yeah. you, you don't notice unless you're paying attention closely. Um, and it's a you know it's a really tough job for coaches to handle, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there really is. It's 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 difficult to defend. My my only maybe defensive bud, which kind of goes away with just his um, track record in this area, is that yeah. well was w- was there something wrong with Giannis? When I heard that, like we're pushing Giannis to the limit, quote, I was like, is there something with the ankle where they told him yeah. he 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 can't play more than thirty minutes a game, or you know? Something like that. But other than that, I, I agree with you. I mean, I get that part of Milwaukee strength all year was you have this great depth um, and you're playing so many guys. And But I think a lot of that came down to you're blowing out everybody. So you had an opportunity to play a lot of people. Um, right. And, you know, when you're looking at this rotation, Pat Connaughton should not be playing as much as he is in a playoff series, you know. Um like Corver, which man, this pains me to say because I'm like <laughs> the king of the Kyle Corver fan club. Probably shouldn't be getting you know regular rotation minutes, right? At least not on this roster. I mean, the, like Corver can be useful, um, and I get that he's like Bud's guy, but like you have a Divincenzo, you have a Wesley Matthews. Like uh, there really was no reason, especially with how good your top, you know seven or eight guys are for you to go past like in eight maybe nine man rotation um and it just felt like you guys were playing you know guys just a lot um Mm -hmm. that just weren't ready for that kind of opportunity um i'm with you on that yeah I, i think um that's that's an interesting thing that you bring up you bring up uh 
Wes Matthews and you bring up Dante DiVincenzo and, and uh, it's kind of a funny way that the, the Bucks roster is made up, I guess. Um, like you said, it's it's really, really difficult to lean on Kyle Korver for stretches and I don't think he was ever uh, relied upon too much for too long of stretches, but that's a yeah. guy who, like you're saying, it's, it's hard to give him prolonged minutes um, and it's, it's hard to give Pat Connaughton prolonged minutes. Um, but at the same time, and, and Wes Matthews had a great series, I think Wes Matthews uh, is maybe our best on-ball defender among our guards, but mm-hmm. um, that's another guy who's pretty old, you know. It's and I'm a I'm a big West Matthews fan as a as a one-time Marquette student and and uh, Wisconsin native, um, so I'm a I'm a huge West Matthews fan too. But that's another guy who, even in his role, and, and once again he had a good series. Um, that's probably a guy who we count on a little bit too much, and then. Dante DiVincenzo, who I think this is his third year, is that right? Uh, yes, third or second. Second or third year. I'm sorry, I should know that, but I'm trying to. Um, I think it is his third. Yeah, that's a guy who's who's uh, certainly developed while he's been in the league, and and he's a guy who's a heck of a spark plug for the Bucks, but. Again, not necessarily a guy who you can rely on. Uh, yeah, he's he's a little bit inconsistent. He'll turn the ball over a little bit too much, and so you've got a little bit of an imbalance here with guys who are too old to be to be playing down the stretch, but also inexperienced and Dante making mistakes and turning the ball over too much. And so all those guys we've mentioned were were very good uh, role players for the Bucks throughout the season, but. Um, when you're forced to assign minutes in the playoffs to a smaller group of guys, their their flaws start to show, I think. And so um, that was another another issue, I think, that kind of um, hurt the Bucks in the Miami series and obviously game one lost to Orlando. Okay. So it's next – let's say we're going in the next season. You're running the Bucks. <laughs> what, like, what approach would you take this off season? I, I think they're in a a difficult spot. I think every, it's, it's really very easy man. for everyone to say, "Oh, well, they just need to add another guy." And then, but like, just the way their books are set up, the contracts, and and the roster, um, yeah. you know, like everyone loves to say Chris Paul. Um, like ideally great but it's like you're either giving up like four or five guys or you're giving up Middleton and then it's like I you know this is going to come off as maybe a hot take to people but I would still rather have Chris Middleton um, yeah I don't don't think that's yeah I don't think that's Um, an obvious trade-off by any means sorry go ahead yeah so especially with considering the age um, so how what do you think is the best way for improvement this season and then on top of that, do you think that they need to make a major change going into next year, especially with Giannis coming up with free agency? Or do you think it's fine to take the approach of, hey, we had a bad playoffs, we were always out of funk when we came back from the bubble, we were destroying worlds beforehand, let's run it back and see what we can do? Yeah, I, I tend to, and I know this is the sort of the basic take here, but yeah, I tend to think that there needs to be some kind of a drastic move made. Um, I, I don't think necessarily if you run it back, you're going to get the same result that we got this year or even the same result as a year ago, which is falling on our face in, in the conference uh, finals. Um, 
I think there is certainly a chance that if we if you run it back and and bring back the squad basically and Bud's at the helm still and everything, I totally think uh, we could find ourselves in the finals and then you know who knows what happens in that series. But um, I, I would say. I would rather not do that and, and rather not uh, try my hand at, at the same exact, you know, squad that we've had for these last two seasons and mm-hmm. and to run the risk of losing that way in a, in a contract year for Giannis. Who knows whether an extension will be done early. Um, we don't we don't know that quite yet. But, um, you know, assuming that extension is not done early and Giannis is going to be, you know, making his decision while we are, you know, going through next season. And then, and, 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 uh, let's say we fall short again. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I guess I, I, I view the Giannis extension next summer. If it does not happen this summer or throughout the, the season, um, a little bit more pessimistically than most Bucks fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said a lot of great things about Milwaukee and his willingness to resign and everything, but, I don't. I guess I. I would not feel comfortable about him re-signing if we run it back, same roster, third year in a row, fall short again. So, for that reason especially, um, I think it's in our best interest to push for a star. And like you said, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Chris Paul is a obvious name, but a tricky contract, like a really fucking tricky contract. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really tough one to, to work out. And I don't think, but I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, I, I'm taking Chris Middleton and even though he falls a little bit short in the playoffs, I'm taking the certainty of Chris Middleton in the regular season over whatever Chris Paul is going to give us over the course of however much time he's got left um, and his money and everything. So, yeah, I think and, – and is he worth a package of like four or five guys, including Dante and, you know, yeah. our next group of guys, our, our next best group of guys? So um, it's, it's going to be tough to get him. Actually uh, – Michael Costello on on your site on Ball Things Considered. I'll reference some Ball Things Considered content right here. Um, he actually named a few guys in an article um, who I think makes some sense and, and contractually I can't break it down perfectly, but I know Zach Levine um, is a name that I think is intriguing. Um, not sure what it's going to take for Chicago to move off of him and not sure if we have the right package of guys and, and that's kind of a, <clears throat> a little topic that we're we're revisiting now like we've got some older vets we've got some younger guys who don't have all that upside who are who are you know super valuable trade pieces so how the heck do you put a trade together for a guy like yeah. zach levine who's who's you know an all-star like a is he an all-star has he, has he made an all-star team thought he did maybe and, and didn't go to the game remember. because of an injury the, but the anyway east, the east is always so weird yeah he's right. he's definitely like one of those border or, or maybe he was an injury place at one time or yeah i mean right. he's right there though all-star caliber guy right and, and especially a team like chicago who um i mean he's he's the best fucking getter on that squad right now so what do you give them or what's how do they value zach levine do they want dante and a, a couple of other role players and some picks i, don't, I would guess not um and then a couple other names, Karis, Karis LeVert and Blake Griffin. Um, I think Blake Griffin might be the easiest one to acquire out of that group of three. And, and Michael mm-hmm. mentioned some other names as well who were who were some good names. But those three intrigued me the most. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really tough to get that next star. Um, I will say, uh, you know, an off season ago or a year ago, back when Anthony Davis was stuck in – 
in New Orleans, um, he added the Bucks to a, a short list. I think they were one of three teams who who he put on his list of, of desired trade destinations. And so, could there be a disgruntled star sometime through next season who we we trade for? You know, prior to the deadline. Um, that that could be a good way to do it and and keep the team together right now and then hope that Brad Beal becomes available or I don't I don't know who else there is out there um I guess I tend to think guys like CJ McCollum and and Drew Holiday and some of those guys who are who have been rumored before but um I, I tend to think that those two names and, and some other guys are probably more likely to stay put but I guess Brad yeah. Beal is an interesting one to me I know he's also expressed a, a desire to stay in Washington but yeah I mean maybe maybe you hope that you know one of those disgruntled stars becomes available um it's going to be tricky for John Horst it's going to be tricky for him and um I I guess I tend to think he so he's a you know the executive of the year from two years back and I think um I think he'll, he will have a pretty aggressive approach. I, that's just kind of how I think he'll go about this offseason. And um, and I think there's going to be a push to acquire a star. And, and you can kind of even see that um, yeah. with, with some of Mark Lazary's comments recently or, or the, and the info that came out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, his willingness to spend into the luxury tax. Now, I don't know if that's free agency or there's not a whole lot of big names in the in the free agent market that the Bucks have a great chance at, at landing. But um, I, I get the sense that there will be a real push to, to add another star. And I also think that's the, the right way to, move through this offseason um, but like I said I, I wouldn't count the Bucks out of the title chances next year if they do run it back because let's face it this is a a really strange uh, little scenario we have right now with the bubble and everything and I think things just kind of didn't break the right way for the Bucks so um, whatever they choose to do I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to be optimistic about it and, and I think whatever they choose to do they'll they'll have a shot at getting to uh finals next year but you know things get tough when when kd's coming back for brooklyn and and i don't know there's got to be some moves made i'd say i don't don't know what john horse will do but he's got it cut out for him man yeah absolutely um and you know like you said it's it's very tough like as far as free agency goes um Outside of their, I'm I'm assuming they have their middle of exception. Like they're just not going to be yep. able to add anyone. Um, so it's going to have to be a trade. Uh, the Drew Holiday thing really interested me from the standpoint of like um, maybe they're not willing to wait that long. But he he could be a guy whose name could come up in the trade deadline um, because yeah. he he'll have he's on an expiring contract um, next season. And if the Pelicans, I mean, look, I know the Pelicans played great when Zion came back uh, pre-bubble, but the West is a bloodbath. And yeah. if if they're in a position where they're not in the playoff picture by the time trade deadline comes around, you know, I could see like a like an Eric Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton, you know, getting it done where they're like, Definitely. well, it's a one-year rental. We think he's going to walk, you know. At least we get Connaughton out of it, and we've got a point guard we can plug in. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's probably something I would do as the Bucks. Um, I and he's a perfect name to me because, um, and and maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm like too. I have too much faith in the Bucks uh, with some of their past struggles in the playoffs. But I, I do think that um, 
they're better than they have shown. Um, ob- you know, obviously they're ridiculous in the regular <laughs> season. Um, yep. and, and I do think it is a, a structural thing um, where they just need one. I, I seriously just think they need like one more guy. Um, and I watch it all the time because the Dallas are in Dallas is in a similar situation. The Bucks are much better, but Dallas struggles in the clutch all the time because you focus in on Luca. Chris Ops is a great scorer, but he can't actually create his own shot, you right. know. Um, and then it's like you focus in on Luca, and no one else can actually take someone off the dribble. Um, and Eric Bledsoe can do a little bit of that, and Chris Middleton can create his own shot and everything. But I, I think you. Basically, to, to me, it's almost like you guys went in all. It's like you guys went all in on Eric Bledsoe, and it was the right idea. But you just needed to get someone like a little bit better, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, it's really ironic that you say that because a lot of Wisconsin sports fans um, go back to the Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon, and and they yeah, say, you know, we picked definitely. Eric Bledsoe over Malcolm Brogdon, and clearly that was the wrong call. And I, I would say. I would say I, I think I probably agree with that. It's probably the wrong call. But, um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know if that's your guy either. Is, yeah. is, he, is he an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe? And are his struggles perhaps less oblivious than Bledsoe's? And, and is he better in the crunch time? Probably, yeah. Um, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's your third guy, though, I guess. And, and I don't think uh, he, he's obviously extremely efficient offensively, a great, good defender as well. Um, a little bit slow to be your point guard. And, and Eric Bledsoe uh, is very underappreciated as a defender, even though he made you know the all-defense team this year. But very underappreciated as a defender. And uh, like you said, a guy who can score off the dribble and and can can score at the bucket. Um, Three-point shooting is uh, another thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and he likes to shoot them uh, when uh, you don't want him to shoot. I mean, you, I don't know if you ever want Bledsoe shooting threes, but uh, very inconvenient times. Eric Bledsoe will shoot his threes, especially in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon is that third guy. So, um I would say I would say I'd prefer that he was on the roster now, but we don't need to revisit that a whole lot. He's a Indiana Pacer now, so yeah. Um, I don't I don't know who the third guy is. I I think that it needs to be a secondary ball handler or a primary ball handler. Giannis handles it a lot, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I, I agree with you, Sean. Like Drew Holiday would be a, a great fit, and and hopefully um, something something. Uh, breaks for the Bucks and he becomes available. It seems like his name has been in the rumor mill for like the last five years, and <laughs> there's really no reason you'd want to get rid of Drew Holiday just with how he contributes on both ends of the floor. But um, yeah, I mean that's the, that's the type of the guy who I think the Bucks need doesn't need to be. Uh, you know, I mentioned Brad Beal, but it doesn't need to be uh, an All NBA scorer. But um, a, a guy like Drew Holiday, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I would say bottom line is uh, they're just going to have to get creative. Um, it, yep. you, you look at teams, and it's funny saying these teams because these are teams who have tried to contend and, and it hasn't quite worked out for them. But uh, like Houston, um, yes, they've made some questionable moves, but they they believed in Harden and they've, they found a way every year to make somehow – with like seemingly no picks and no role players yeah. to trade and all this, they always find a way to get like one or two, you know, like a Robert Covington yep. or someone like that. 
and I do think, um, you know, I like someone like that, not Robert Covington specifically, but, uh, even if it's not like a third star, it, it, just a different look. Yeah. Yeah. Just one more guy with a different look. You can, you can cut the Pat Connaughton minutes. You can, you know, whatever, um, could make a huge difference. Um, and could I, I think could push you guys over the top, especially where the league's in this interesting, really interesting spot right now. The most interesting spot to me it's been in a while where um, it's in a huge state of transition, in my opinion. Um, you've just got – it's wide open again with the teams. And then you have like a class of contenders that are kind of older and, and – um, trying to put together for the last time, like a Golden State, a Lakers, a Clippers. Um, and then you've got like a team, then you've got these teams like the Bucks, where you're built around Giannis, who isn't necessarily a young team, but when you're built around a star that young and the Middleton's yeah. only like 29 or whatever he is. Um, and then you've got teams like the Pelicans or the Mavs or um, Boston, even Boston, definitely, um, who are really up and coming. And you could even throw Toronto in that first group. So right. um, <laughs> I can't even remember why I started with this frame from point. But uh, it's – I think there's way more room for a Robert Covington type, yes. like shifting yeah. everything. Like just adding, you know, like the Clippers getting Marcus Morris. Um not that Marcus Morris has been a world beater or anything, but, uh, <laughs> like, he's made it, you know, he, he played great against the Mavs in the playoffs. And, oh, yeah. And if, if he didn't, like, even without KP, like, we might have, you know, we could have pushed the seven. We might have won it. Who knows? Um, and in the past, it, it doesn't feel like those kind of guys for the past five or six years have made that much big a difference because it's been like, well, it's the right. Warriors – Right. Well, it's the Cavs, you know. Um, so it's a really important time for, for the Bucks, obviously. And then we'll, we'll finish very quickly. I, I don't want to get too into this um, because, you know, it's, it's all projection and no one actually knows anything. It's just people love to talk these things to death. But I've got to ask you your opinions on Giannis um, and – what you think um, his thoughts are and just like what's your uh, what's your level what's your like fear level like your panic factor for um, if he's leaving or if he's gonna stay yeah like I said a little bit earlier um, I would say I classify myself as a little bit more concerned than a lot of other Bucks fans, um, at least Bucks fans who I, I know and, and converse with on a regular basis. Um, I think there's I think there's probably two groups, two two pretty evenly sized groups actually. So so just because we're kind of getting used to the letdowns here in the playoffs, yeah. Um, and so for maybe maybe there's a group uh, like myself who uh, are just pessimistic Bucks fans and, and think that now. Now that this has all occurred, Giannis is gone. Um, but if you go back to whatever day one that Giannis has become a buck and, and pretty much trace it up to, I would say, a year and a half ago, um, 
nothing but really, 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 really positive stuff that he's had to say uh, yeah. for the city of Milwaukee. And even even recently, I mean, I, I know after this playoff series, I don't remember the quote, but um, you kind of saw it everywhere. It was, you know, I'm, I'm not the one to uh, – try to go over the wall, I run through it, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and just Giannis expressing his uh, desire to stay with Milwaukee and, and not to demand a trade. Um, but, like I said, so I, I would say things were really positive, strictly really positive for, um, you know, from rookie year to a, a year and a half ago is just what I'm going to say. And then around that year and a half ago, Mark, um, you started to see Giannis – in the in, in questions in the media um, deflect some of the questions about free agency and not want it to be a topic or and probably it probably wasn't a year and a half ago let's just say it was since the start of the season I don't whatever the timeline yeah um, there was a shift and I so, think it was following that uh, that wasn't there that Raptors big, series well there what? was that big like article that came out like that big piece that said that there was some reported quote that he told someone that uh that's was it warriors he, related he yeah it was the warrior stuff had started and then there was some quote that said like if they didn't win the championship in the next two years that he would leave or something yeah. something along those lines yeah and he just like very strongly um you know denied it and then i think after that like from that point on he was like i'm not talking free agency anymore <laughs> right um, so so yeah, i would say my level of concern is uh is moderate to high um i think that Giannis wants to to be in milwaukee and wants to um to to run it back or whatever or he's going to give it another shot here i, I don't think there's much of a debate about that he kind of just uh just said that in the media you know he said he doesn't want uh, or he's not going to request a trade, um, which is just in line with everything that he's always said and, and how he's always uh, um, carried himself, I guess. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I tend to think that if we fall short again, um, there's a pretty good chance that he's he's in a, a Raptors uniform or a Miami Heat uniform or a Mavericks uniform um, in in a year, and I think. Um, I think a big part of that is those markets or, or those three teams um, have really, really, really good appeal to, you know, the international uh, part of Giannis, I guess. He's a he's a international player, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I've never thought about that before. Yeah, I think Toronto, I mean, Toronto's obvious. They're, they're based uh, in, in Canada, and then they've got Pascal Siakam on the roster. I think that's um, that's something that could really, really appeal to Giannis. Miami is also somewhat obvious because of their location and yeah. close to uh, you know close to um, Central America and everything, and, and ties to other other countries. And I think that that matters a lot to Giannis. And, and Miami um, also fits really well just because of their roster construction and the age of some of the guys on their team and all the shooters that they've got. And then yeah. Dallas is is uh, I mean you got Luka and you got. KP. Um, so I, I think I think that's really something that could matter to Giannis, and that's a little bit of the cause for my concern. But the main cause is just seeing the Bucks fall short these last two years, and uh, and knowing Giannis's desire to win. And even though he has such a high level of loyalty, um, 
yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm pretty concerned. And, uh, and I certainly think that we have a chance to, to sign him and it could happen as soon as this summer, I'm sorry, this fall, I guess, or, or, uh, this season, but, um, yeah, moderate to high level concern for me. And you, you'll ask different Bucks fans and you'll get some different answers, but, um, there's a lot that needs to be done, not just to compete for next, next season's, uh, uh, playoffs and everything but for Giannis to re-sign here yeah I'd I'd pretty much agree with everything you said Um, I I think to me the the sense I've always gotten is uh, look everyone always says well of course he's going to say he's not going to leave everyone says they're not going to leave look at all the people who say that they're not going to leave and then they leave Um, which is very valid um, obviously, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, but his personality, to me, um, just just the way he is, uh, he, he seems to have a, a different, more humble um, style of personality, just probably because of his upbringing. Um, yep. And uh, I've always got the sense that he's – not leaving no matter what unless he like the only reason I think he would consider leaving is if he does the math in his head and is basically just like we can't we can't win a championship and he's like that's you know he's like I'd love to be here but we can't win a championship Um, which to me is going to be I don't even think it's like gotta win it next year uh, I don't even think it's necessary. Like, gotta make the championship next year, but For like, Giannis, you're saying? yeah, to, to keep Giannis as as the Bucks. But it's oh, like, okay. um, I think it's the way you go out. Like, like this year, if you would have lost to the Heat in the Western Conference Finals and say Game Seven or something, um, right. I don't. I mean, I guess we still would all be talking about this because it's Giannis, but like. You can't. I don't. You guys can't afford to get knocked out next year the way in a similar fashion. Yeah, in a similar fashion. Even not even like how early. I just think it's like the like whatever's going to be that lasting taste in his mouth could end up being what makes the decision for him. Um, because I think if they get to like, let's say they pull a, like what Philly did last year and they lose to, like, a Raptors in seven, or they lose to, like, Boston in seven, and then Boston wins it, then I think that might be close enough in Giannis's mind for him to be like, oh, we're right there. And, like, this is my city. Yeah. I want to I do this. Um, but if you guys, you know, run into Boston um, in the conference finals and you lose in five or something, then he might just yeah. be like, you know, who are we going to add? You know, my agent says we can't sign anybody you know i don't know how far he how closely falls cap salary cap cheats but (laughs) um so yeah i mean it's gonna be really interesting obviously whoever gets them is gonna it's gonna completely shift the league and based on what i'm assuming he's gonna be looking for which is winning wherever he goes is probably gonna be the new i mean like you said the teams you named between miami Dallas, Toronto, and even Golden State, if you want to throw them in there, which I think people are just throwing them in there because their name's Golden State, but right. <laughs> um, I don't... This whole Andrew Wiggins 
trade nonsense for Giannis is absurd yeah. to me. But I anyway. Can't. I can't <laughs> um, even get into that one. I mean, any of those teams add them, and they're like the Warriors – like the old warriors i mean it, yeah, it'll be favorite. Yep. and then this this interesting league i was talking about earlier will be will be no more especially <laughs> i think my, miami or dallas in particular um just oh my god <laughs> i don't even know what you do um well uh i think that's all i got for you you got, you got any closing thoughts on the bucks no, I I, uh, I think we just about left everything. Uh, we, we got everything. Uh, the one interesting thing, I guess, which has been a little bit, um, I, th- I think some Bucks uh, team personnel has commented on it, but Mike Budenholzer. It'll be interesting to see whether that's a guy who's back a year from now. I I tend yeah. to think he will be. Um, whether he should be, I guess, is another question. And we've seen Blaine Casey win the Coach of the Year and get fired a year later or whatever. But um, and that's another that's another question in, in uh, the mix for John Horst and, and the ownership group and everything. But um, I think it, it looks like he'll be back, or it, it sounds like that's how the ownership and management feels. But um, that's, I mean, that's another huge question, especially with a few few new names on the market. Um, Billy Donovan on the market. Uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that's something the Bucks look into. But I would say we're, we'll probably see Bud uh, back next year. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, it's actually. I'm actually glad you brought that up. Um, I one thing that I don't think people are talking about, uh, which ultimately I think might be the deciding factor in why Bud keeps his job, is Giannis is clearly gets very attached to his coaches, and he really defends his coaches. I mean, you, you look at the way he took the kid firing, who, by all accounts, was a really bad coach. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And you look at the way he has in the past and most recently in the playoffs, just fights for Bud. I mean, yeah. defends all his decisions. I don't know whether he agrees with all his decisions or not, but he sure makes it seem like he does. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I get the sense that there's a real attachment there. And it seemed like everyone was writing it off like this was a, a done deal. And to me, what – I mean, what is that going to say to Giannis if you fire a coach that he doesn't want fired – after you, for the second time. Yeah, after you've had the best record in the regular season two straight years for the second time, and then you bring in a new coach, and regardless of if you're incredible in the regular season or not, like if you don't win a championship, like I think you have more as as backwards as this sounds with keeping you honest. I know where you're going. It makes I think sense. you have more leeway with not winning next year and keeping him if you keep Bud around than if yep. you fire him and replace him. Because I, I do think there's a very strong relationship there. And, like, if you fire Bud and bring in D'Antoni or, or Chauncey Billups or one of the million names out there um, and you lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, then Giannis will be like, well, I mean, you guys – didn't get the people we needed to win and then you fired my coach that I liked and then you brought in a new guy and then we didn't win. So like right, it kinda goes back to that um, uh that that uh topic you were discussing about Giannis looking at the roster and just yeah. being able to understand 
that that it's just not working out. You know, if if you bring in coach number three, and it doesn't work out with coach number three, despite exactly. the regular season, you know, he's starting to look at the situation here and and realize uh, it's just not going to work out, and you're just not getting that that title here. Exactly. And I mean, do you guys real like? Do we really think that the year before Giannis can be free agent, that Lazary would fire his coach with like this has to be Giannis' decision to me, which is why which is why I think there's no way he's getting fired. Like it would be insane for them to for Edens and and Lazary to just like fire Bud and then be like, hey, we fired your coach, and then. Giannis get upset. I mean, it, 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 he would have to be a hundred percent on board, and I just <laughs> don't see that happening. It doesn't uh, seem like it, it's like that whatsoever. I'm with you. It's uh, that's not where Giannis is at right now. It doesn't seem like there's any desire for him uh, or desire uh, on Giannis's part to to have Bud be out of here. And that that also goes back to the loyalty thing you were saying about Giannis. That it's it, you know everybody uh, seems to show that type of loyalty to their team and to their coach, I guess, but it's really genuine with Giannis. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think you probably see Bud back next year because we, it's, it's a decision that you have to kind of leave up to Giannis, just given the state of, of the franchise and, and his, the importance of him resigning. Um, okay. L- last thing. I forgot to ask you this earlier. Uh, we'll make it quick. Yeah. You're uh, y'all have the, the 24th pick. Which anytime you become a contender, um, especially with what we were just talking about trades and stuff, um, it's these picks become extremely important to to nail. And you guys nailed the Divincenzo pick by all accounts, from from, yeah. from what I can tell. Um, but y'all got twenty four now, um, and you really need at least another rotation player. And if if he could turn out to be more, then that could be the answer to your, your trade woes, you know. Right. Are there any guys uh, you have your you kind of have your eye on? I know this is a, a really deep point guard class. Um, I don't know if that's something that yeah is interesting to you or, or... yeah. I, I would say. I mean, most recently I looked at some mocks and and uh, there's a number of point guards who, like you said, it's, it's deep. But there's some real talented guys who I think could slip down into that 20s range. Um, yeah, Nico definitely. Mannion. Nico Mannion out of Arizona is, I guess, the first name or, or one of the likely names that could be around there. I don't know if he will, just given his his skill level. I think um, there's a decent chance he's off the board before that. But RJ yeah. Hampton even. And these guys are, are not refined. You know, the, the yeah. and, and they definitely um, – I don't. I don't know if they're immediate impact guys so much as as long term prospects. But if you're talking about talent and just and and taking a, a chance on a guy who could who could hit for you in year one and be that difference maker, probably not your number three, but be one of those guys that you're referring to as a um, you know a guy who can kind of flip the script this year. Um, maybe maybe it's Nico Mannion. Maybe it's R.J. Hampton. I would say. Uh, Cole Anthony's probably gone by 24, but yeah, yeah I think the guards are, are a great focus, and, and there's a lot of point guards that I'd be interested in, including the two names I mentioned. Um, but yeah, any guys who, who you uh, think fit well with Milwaukee? Yeah, uh, I mean, the guards, like you said, uh, Tyrell Terry's another name I'd throw in there. Um, 
there's some uh, some other good ones like Dylan Dotson, uh, Grant Riller. Um, I like a lot. Um, then you got like you know um, I think Desmond Bain could be a really interesting option as far as someone that you could plug and play right away. Um, he yeah. could probably he could probably take all of Connaughton and Corver's minutes right away. Um, he's a a shooting guard from TCU, uh, older guy. He's a four year player, so he's like twenty two. Um, Which, that's actually, you know, that's in terms of immediate impact. You know, that's something the Bucks could be interested in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's like a six-five shooting guard, um, one of the two or three best shooters in the class. Uh, pretty decent defender, smart player. He'll be your, you know, your classic like plug and play. He, he'd be pretty similar to a, a Divincenzo. I, I don't think he's as yeah. talented as, as Divincenzo is. Um, but obviously, you never know these draft guys. Like, you know. They could turn out to be whatever. Um, he could be a better. He could be a worse version. Um, so those are guys I keep my name on for sure. Um, other than that, um, I like I like quickly out of uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a guy who can kind of offer some some especially good defense, um, even come playoff time hopefully. But yeah, I don't think whoever this is, you know, whoever you're getting at twenty four. Um, you can't count on this guy to be yeah, a major contributor all. a year from now, but like you're saying, you know, maybe you get the right guy. Um, if it's Mannion or, or um, other kid I was talking about, Hampton or whoever it is, um, there's a chance that they can help you flip the script, I guess. But I think it's more of a plug and play type thing, and, and they just fill a, you know, the void. If, if Bledsoe's gone, they help to fill that void. Or, whatever the case but yeah it, it should be interesting to see what uh what they do at 24 especially with such a deep guard class all right well who you got in the game tonight oh man um i'm going clippers and uh and i don't shit man um what do you got in the other one Ooh. I think I got Boston game one. I'm, who are you pulling for in that series? Because don't don't Bucks fans like don't you guys hate the Celtics? <laughs> I would say I'd say uh, most of my buddies, most of my Bucks uh, confidants, I guess, um, are very anti-Boston and, yeah. and definitely don't like Boston. But at the same time. Uh, Tyler Hero is uh, is not <laughs> yeah, public enemy number one in Milwaukee. Well yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty he's pretty high on the list there. So I, I don't know, man. I'm a Hero fan actually myself. So I'm kind of I'm kind of going for Miami, believe it or not. But but yeah, I, I guess I'll say I'll say Boston. I'm glad you brought that up. Just <laughs> one last point. I remember going to a preseason game with Michael. Uh, yeah. It was it was Bucks Heat, or it might have been like the first regular season game of the year. Um, Bucks ended up winning in overtime, but I just remember in the first quarter. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone just starts going crazy booing, and uh, it took Michael and I like three or four minutes to figure out why because we were just looking around we're looking at the jumbotron we're like what is going like we thought we looked down for a second and like there was a like just a terrible <laughs> call and then it finally dawned on me because because michael michael doesn't really pay attention too much to like high school and college yeah um so I don't think that he really knew, and then I, I think it. I think I kind of realized it, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Tyler Hero," right. and, and I had to explain to him why the state of Wisconsin 
just absolutely hates Tyler Hero now. Yeah, um, man, it's, it's the whole state. It's not I mean Milwaukee's hometown, man. Like you'd think if there's somewhere yeah. where you get a good reception. You get a standing O or something. It's, it's yeah. gonna be Milwaukee, but no man, it's not just Madtown. It's it's not just Madison, it's it's the whole state. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm a hero I'm a hero fan, man. He's a bucket. Alright, well thank you very much for coming on, Max. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm Sorry about your bucks, man. I know that. <laughs> I know that's a devastating way to go out. I've, I've, I've been there, but uh, the future's bright. Things will get better. Yeah, I think so too, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, and, and everything you guys are doing with Ball Things Considered is, is looking great, and you guys are are going in a great direction. So I wish you guys luck. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that, man. Uh, of you have a good rest of the week, and um, if. Giannis does end up signing in Dallas. I hope we can remain friends. Yes, sir. <laughs> I can promise you we will. <laughs> All right. See you back. <laughs> All right. See you.